Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's A Disciples Tidbits. So what I want to talk about today is since we're talking about the end is near and since we're talking about the judgment of God and stuff like that. And in uh, Monday's podcast, I talked about how hell is actually a place for the devil and his demons, right? Because they followed and they actually committed the sin of trying to be like the most high. Basically, the blasphemous thing that you can do, you rebel against heaven, you try to overthrow God, and for the purposes of becoming like God, and then you're thrown down into the pit. Not only that, but you are thrown in the lake of fire forever and ever. And that's actually kind of what I want to talk about today is um, um, there was a question Whenever I was writing for Got Questions, many of you may or may not know, I'm a volunteer writer with that online ministry at gotquestions.org. And the question was, when Jesus is back and a thousand years is over, will Satan survive? I've always wondered if the lake of fire will end him. I'm not saying I want to go there, but I believe in Jesus and I accept that he died for me, etc. And so he basically wanted to know what, um, what, what would Satan's ultimate end be? And so basically, I just want to talk about that for a brief few minutes. It seems very relevant since basically we're sitting here talking about the uh, uh, um, events of the book of Revelation. So it makes sense. It's like, you know, with the arch enemy of God and the enemy of our own souls, what is ultimately going to happen to him? So in Revelation chapter 20, this is where we see that after Jesus comes back in Revelation 19, at the very end of the seven-year day of the Lord, the seven-year tribulation or great tribulation, or as the book of Jude says, the day of great judgment. Um, we see that Satan is bound for a thousand years, and that's in verses one through three of chapter 20. And then we see that Jesus then reigns for a thousand years. I, don't, I think the reason why the Apostle John doesn't go into all this too much and why he's not shown this uh, in the vision that he was receiving at this time of the apocalypse, the revealing of Jesus Christ, is because the kingdom of Messiah is talked about extensively in the Old Testament writings. We're not necessarily going to go over that here, but that is basically just to give an explanation why we're only given three verses about uh, the reign of Christ being 1,000 years. And this is a literal 1,000 years. Because it says in verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded, etc. And they reigned with Christ for 1,000 years. Or a thousand years is what it says. You have to spiritualize the scriptures. You have to basically say this is an allegory for the church that is now reigning in the world right now. I'm going to tell you something, folks. If Jesus is reigning in the world right now, he's doing a terrible job. And I'm saying that with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, because clearly whenever Jesus is going to reign from Jerusalem, it is going to be a good 1,000 years. Now, I don't think it's going to be the perfect utopia, but we won't have the enemy of our souls and the, and the demons to be tempting us anymore. There are going to be some that are in the flesh, some of us to be glorified if you're a, a saved, born-again believer in Jesus Christ before the tribulation happens— or if you become a believer afterwards and then you're beheaded for your faith, you're going to reign with Christ for a thousand years. And there will be people who actually are in the flesh, who actually live incredibly long lives. As a matter of fact, I believe there's an Old Testament verse that talks about if a man dies before a thousand years, it's going to be a sad thing, right? During this time period, it's a literal time period. But then Satan is loosed for a thousand years after the millennial reign of Christ is over. 
And it says in verse seven, now when the thousand years has expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are on the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. So why would God do this? I think he does it to illustrate that even though Jesus has reigned for a thousand years, if people are tempted, they will still rebel against God. And it is, again, also one final blow to the world system and to Satan who rebelled and to those who reject him through Jesus Christ and ultimately want nothing to do with him. He is going to basically have the final say. In verse 9, then they went up upon the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. This is Jerusalem. So everybody, all the saints and all the people who are reigning with Jesus Christ, who are glorified and whatnot, they're in Jerusalem. And the people who are numbered as sands of the seashore surround the holy city. Verse 10, the devil who deceived, I'm sorry, back up for a second in verse 9. Um, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So again, we don't have to do the fighting. Jesus, the Lord, does all the fighting. In verse 10, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. This is not going to be something where basically the devil and his angels are reigning in hell. They're being tormented there forever and ever. And we are thrown into the lake of fire for the same reason, because we follow in the exact same rebellion. So you're not going to party with, with Satan in hell, and you're not going to have a good time. This is going to be a horrific place to go. I don't want any of you to go there if you have the opportunity to not go there. And how you don't go to hell, I want to talk to you in the next segment coming up in just a few seconds. At this point in the podcast, I want to reach out to you. And if you have never done so, if you have never entered into a saving relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. All you need to do is believe. Believe that Jesus was who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. Believe in your heart that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. Confess him as Lord. And the Bible says that you will be saved if you do that. If you truly believe in your heart that Jesus is who he said he was and that he did exactly what he said he would do for you, you will be saved. It is simply that easy. A lot of people say prayer, prayer. And that's great to confess and put your mind and your heart and everything through a process, if you will, to be able to embody what's already taken place in your heart. By simply saying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. And now I confess you as Lord. Please take control of my life, and I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's all you need to do, and your life will change. Your life will change, not necessarily materially, not necessarily in terms of the world, but your life will change as far as your relationship with God, and you can know for certain that you're saved. The Apostle John wrote that when he was pinning 1 John. He says, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can hope, 
Not that you can wonder, but that you can know. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason, I have the links for the social networks that I am connected on in my bio for this podcast. I'm also available at Gmail at DisciplePOV, that's D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E-P-O-V at gmail.com. If you have anything that you would like to convey to me, such as something you agree with, something you don't, or anything else, or if you did receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I'd love to hear from you today and to assist you on your new eternal journey.